Welcome, everybody, to A Shot of Wrestling, episode 139. For those of you who are new to the show, thank you for giving us a chance. Thank you for giving us a listen. You will not be disappointed. For those of you who have been coming back, a loyal listeners, thank you. Thank you for your support. It means a lot to us. We are very active on our social media, so make sure you check us out. A Shot of Wrestling on Facebook and Instagram. Shot of Wrestling No Way on Twitter. You can check your boy out at Party on Instagram. And Twitter, and now finally join the world of Facebook at Michael J. Putty on Facebook. Especially you follow us there and all social media stay up to date on our latest news and what's going on here with your boys at a shot of wrestling. Now we had a busy weekend. Green Man had Outlaw Wrestling, I had the Hall of Fame. We both had Bound for Glory and the two nights of impact tapings. Now before the BCW show, Final Judgment, which we covered in episode 138. Before we get into that, let's start the show like we always do with this week's wrestling replay. Bound for glory. Only our second replay that you can't watch on the WW Network, but you can't watch on the Global Wrestling Network, GWN, where it's available. October 14th, 2018, from the Melrose Ballroom in Queens, New York, sponsored by Comda.com. Rich Schwann and William Mack defeated Matt Seidel and Eden Page in 12 minutes, 20 seconds. E. Lie, Drake defeated James Ellsworth in 2 minutes, 10 seconds. Before, Abyss came out and destroyed my man Eli Drake. Tessa Blanchard defeated Taya Valkyrie to retain the Knockouts Championship in 10 minutes, 36 seconds. Eddie Edwards defeated Moose via DQ in 2 minutes even. Which evolved to Eddie Edwards and Tommy Dreamer defeating Moose and Killer Cross in a no DQ match in 9 minutes, 30 seconds. O.V. E defeated Brian Cage, Phoenix, and Pentagon Jr. in an OVE rules match in 13 minutes, 31 seconds, which saw the first defeat of Brian Cage. LEX defeated the OGs in a concrete juggle match in 9 minutes, 29 seconds. And in your main event, Johnny Impact defeated Austin Aries to win Impact World Championship match in 21 minutes, 3 seconds in very controversial fashion, by the way. But that was banned for glory. I cannot talk about my weekend without getting my partner in crime, Green Man, on the horn. So let's dial him up. All right, let me get some of my contacts here. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Pete Rosado, Pete Rosado. Eli Drake, Eli Drake. Ali, Ali, Ali. Oh, here we go. Green Man. Green Man, here it is. Okay. Got Green Man on the horn. That's all better pick up. I just fucking texted him. Michael J. Putty. Oh, great man. There you are. What's up, my friend? Where are you going to pick up? <laughs> hey, you know, I always pick it up for you, my brother. Anytime you need me, I'm always there. 
If you need me, call me. No matter where you are, no matter how far, don't worry, baby. Great. Now we owe them four thousand dollars. Thank you, know, you so much. United Night. <laughs> Not gonna join me in on that one. No. Hey, listen, we've done a lot of karaoke in our day. I'm, I'm sure add that to the repertoire, along with Indian Lincoln Park. Don't we do a lit song, right? I didn't call you talking about karaoke. <laughs> you called me to be on the show? What, what's going on? The, the weekend that was a shot of wrestling's weekend. Started out with BCW. Oh. It's final judgment live in the Bronx. Jack Swagger's BCW debut. Cutting into, we're cutting yeah. a promo with uh, Darius Carter. Dar- Jack Swagger cuts in. Like an old school WWE backstage promo. It was awesome. Right, That's crazy. Right place, right time. So that was a highlight. Go check out Instagram yeah. and Twitter for that. Dude, you know how crazy that was? It's on the fly. Like, you were just talking to Darius Carter, wanting to know how he was on the night of one of his biggest opportunities. He's been chasing this title. I think ever since we started going to BCW, like, Darius Carter has always been chasing this title. And, you know, finally, you got him on an interview moments before his big match to get that opportunity. And guess who walks in? Jack Swagger. The crazy thing is, you know, before that, like I was, I was like marking out a little bit because, unbeknownst to us, it could have been, it could have been Jack Swagger versus Darius Carter for the championship at the next show. You know, you never, you didn't know how the night was going to turn out. So for us to get that moment and capture, and you did so well, like how how did you stay so cool, like when shit like that was going down? Uh, it wasn't easy. I just, I just tried, <laughs> tried to embody my inner mean Gene Orkeland. It's hard to do without a microphone, a cell phone. So try to, my, if you notice in the video, my placement of like where to put my hands was weird. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm a big guy, so I felt like I was blocking Darius Carter. So I had to go around the back of both of them. Yeah. So it was weird yeah. to get the microphone set, but uh, it was pretty cool. It was pretty badass. Like I said, it felt like an old school promo. Happy there's no fight involved because I would have got mass beat like you did. Oh, man. Imagine. With, I didn't even Andrews, think so. of that. Yeah. Dude, imagine if they, if like they actually went to Brawl. Like, what, like Yeah. You're absolutely right. The best part about it was when they started laughing at each other. I'm like, oh, this is the end. Maybe maybe should we cut here? Then Jack Swagger just snaps and goes, how are you going to beat me? I'm like, oh, shit. We're not fucking ending here. This is keep going. <laughs> like, was, it was awesome. Yeah, it, was, it was one of the It the was an amazing night, man. I was, was commentating truly, for you. It was truly an amazing night. I was front row, ringside. Uh, you know, I, I'm blessed to keep get, getting these opportunities with BCW. And, you know, the more I'm doing it, the more I'm getting the... Uh, feedback on what I could do better and you know I am getting a little bit better and better and it feels good man you know I wrapped up this show and I was just in awe at the fact that I was able to call a match with the all-american American former world champion United States champion ECW champion Jack Swagger like right before the match I was like holy shit I, this is actually happening you know and I'm sure like that same moment is, is how Azriel felt like, you know, holy shit, not just is this happening, but this dude actually thinks he's going to be coming into my house and taking my title. Like if there were any naysayers about Azriel as a professional wrestler, as BCW champion, uh, he, dude is a fucking veteran. And that match literally showcased his body of work. Like Azriel killed it. He killed it. We got Shane Fair's opinion of how nervous he was. So I can't imagine what Eric oh, going yeah. through and you're commenting the whole fucking match. Yeah, man. It, it was it was a great night. It was great to be home. Very lively crowd. 
Uh, we were also able to hang out with, with a lot of our good friends at the Jobber Tears podcast. I thought that was pretty cool. And BCW looks like they're starting to form their own podcast row. So for any podcast out there who want to be part of something great and something special, you know, if you are in the tri-state area, this is your opportunity. Go ahead and send a DM to BCW and be part of, of a, a podcast row. You could interview the superstars. You could do your recording for your next show there. Uh, there's a lot of exclusives. And Michael J. Putty, I've talked to you, you know, privately about this and a few people I've also shared this conversation with. But podcasts are like the next form of media. It's the next what I would consider like press, you know, and Podcasts are doing it better than any other uh, form of media. They're out there, you know, getting those exclusive interviews. They're out there getting content for either their YouTube page, um, Podbean, iTunes, whatever form of media that they're covering. They're getting original content, and they know that going to these independent shows is where you have the best opportunity. So it's fucking great, man. Uh, we, we were able to have that conversation with our dude from News Channel 12. That was a nice surprise. One of our exclusives as being the official podcast at BCW. So don't get don't get too twisted here. Podcast row starts with a shot of wrestling. By the way, <laughs> bro. Ever since the beginning, it, our podcast has always been about lifting everybody up with us. You know, if we grow, they grow, and everybody grows together. And you know, come and join us. Come be part of Podcast Row and, and have fun. Great recap on the show last week. Great great stuff you caught on so it was fucking awesome so i do best but speaking of local indie wrestling talent you would the next night as i was rubbing elbows to stars of impact wrestling you were in brooklyn hanging out with the boys over at outlaw pro wrestling how was that so little small disclaimer um i actually had to go to work that next day after uh bcw and we stayed out a little bit past the green man's bedtime uh we stayed out drinking a little too much uh, American, uh, what was it? Wild Turkey American whiskey? Yeah. American Wild a Turkey. A little honey, too yeah. much. Oh, oh, it's so delicious, but damn, that dark liquor gets to you. I went to work the next day and then I'd, I'd never been to that part of Brooklyn before, like through, uh, through the MTA. Uh, so I took, I ended up taking like the six train to the F train to the D train and then the D train didn't run all the way through and I had to transfer to another D train. It ended up being all the way, like, literally close to Coney Island, this place. Jeez. It, 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 I should have gone home, picked up my car, driven there, and it, it probably would have been a lot easier. And then I get out at this sketchy neighborhood, which I'm cool with sketchy neighborhoods. I grew up in Jamaica, so I was like, it felt kind of familiar in a way. I went there, and I first didn't know exactly where it was, and I started feeling like I may have been in the wrong place because there's this, like, neighborhood feel on the block where this church is. And I'm like, dude, I don't think I'm in the right place. Like, this, these are all homes. Where, like, usually when there's a church around, you you could see it. Like, by the end of the block, you're like, oh, the church is right there. You know, they're, churches are big, you know, big buildings. They're not like, they don't blend in. So I get into this block, and I'm seeing all these residential homes, and I'm like, I'm in the wrong place. I'm in the wrong place. And Brooklyn, being in the wrong place, it's not a good place to be in. But finally, I made it to the end of the block, and there was Outlaw Pro Wrestling. Killed it again. I mean... The crowd is hot anytime you go to an outlaw show. So that being said, everybody there, it felt very familiar. It felt like, you know, wrestling brings us together. Outlaw brings everybody together. There were people of all different ages, and it was awesome. Um, Matt Stryker had a match with Montequilla, 
which was probably one of the highlights of the night um, as far as an entertaining match because the story they were telling in the ring was so cool. Like Matt Stryker was trying to get super luchador powers and he only had his luchador powers when he put a mask on, but then he lost it when he didn't have the mask on. So facing Montequilla, who is, who's a luchador by trade and, you know, look and everything. It, it was, it was a great match. Um, hard hitting match, Michael J. Putty, a match that if you weren't there, you, you'd be kicking your ass right now that you didn't watch this live, but it had to be Bull James versus Juice Robinson. Killer match. Oh, the guy from uh, NXT. Uh, yeah, both guys from NXT. They have a, a rich history together. I mean, from what I recall, Juice and, and, um, and Bull, like, you know, used to run run NXT together. They used to live together for a little bit. Um, so they know each other very well. Uh, get any exclusive interviews, any contacts you made? Uh, Michael J. Putty, that night, after the long BCW evening that I had before, I was, like, done with my day. Um, I did get an opportunity to meet some great people. Uh, I met the queen of the ring there. We had a great conversation. Follow her on all social media. Um, uh, NYC promoter uh, Shane was there too. And we were just having a great time. Just I, it, it felt like the days before we were we had a foot in the door in the wrestling business, it felt like those days where you just bought yourself a ticket, went to a show that you wanted to go see, and just enjoyed it. And, you know, if you, ha- if you want to enjoy any show... Uh, November 1st, Outlaw Pro Wrestling returns to uh, Williamsburg, Brooklyn, right around the corner from our boy Slick Dick Williamson. So, Michael J. Putty, how was your night? We, we were slumming it in Brooklyn, New York. I was rubbing elbows with the elite over at Impact Wrestling in Midtown, New York, for the Hall of Fame induction for the Monster Abyss. Now, it was at an Irish pub in Midtown Manhattan. I didn't think too much of it. I bought my ticket online. Mm-hmm. You know me. I'm always late. I'm not the best at being <laughs> yeah. on time for things. I would think this wouldn't be the show that you would want to be late for. Exactly. Because so the I, venue was very small, right? It was like a bar. Yeah, I did not know that at the time. Okay. So I wanted to go to the uh, Survivor thing. I couldn't make it, so I didn't know anything about this place. I figured, let me go to the Survivor showing for Johnny Impact to the lay of the land, so to speak. Ah. Uh, so I get there. Surprisingly, buddy, you would be proud of me on time. I'm sorry, early. Wow. Early. Neat. So I get to the place at 7 o'clock. show starts at 8. Was there a line outside? No, that's why I want to get there early, so I don't have to wait on the fucking line. Cool. I'm just making a line around the block. That's why I want to get there early to get my spot online. All right. I get there. There's three slubs standing out in front. I'm like, you guys online? They go, no, we don't think so. We're just waiting to see what's going on. Like, that makes no sense. There's a female at the door talking to the people by the door. She just doesn't go upstairs. I'm like, all right. I got my ticket out. They weren't even fucking checking tickets. Really? So I could have just walked in? Absolutely. You were, we're here for the wrestling thing? Oh, oh wow. yeah, upstairs. They didn't let us finish our sentence. We're here for the wrestling? Oh, upstairs, upstairs. Really? Now, wow. if, you guys, if you guys join us for the reviewing party at the Crown Room at Bell Boulevard in Bayside, Queens, it's a lot smaller than that. Lot, Stop it. 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 was tighter. It was, it was narrower. It was shorter. No however, way. However, halfway through, you... they decided to raise the floor up four steps. So it wasn't, wasn't one solid floor. It was halfway through, you went up four steps to another floor, so to speak. And that's, of oh, course, wow. where all the Hall of Fame ceremony was taking place. All the Impact officials, the wrestlers, superstars, knockouts were seated. I'm like, oh, I can't sit there. So like, I found a nice spot at the bar, and I stayed clean to that spot. That was my home base. Mm. So people are slowly filing in. There's, I feel somebody rubbing against my elbow. I turn around. It's fucking Eddie Edwards buying his wife a drink. Oh, shit. Holy shit. 
Like, all right, I'm not gonna say that's nothing. Your, that's your dude, man. If anybody listens to the show, everybody knows that's your dude. So then, what happens next is, all right, I let him go. I'm like, all right, I don't want to bother them because I'm not. I'm still not drunk enough yet to bother people. <laughs> so I'm like, right, I turn my round, try to see what's going on in the, the stage area, so to speak. And I feel some guy rub against me again. Turn around, it's E Lie Drake buying his wife a drink too. I'm like, all right, now li- I'm Stop literally it. rubbing elbows. Now, with the superstars. another one of your dudes. Yeah. Crazy. So I, like, I don't want to bother him. Yeah. I don't want to bother him. <laughs> but you see this, I mean, Gail Kim was beautiful. Gail Kim was there. You had Eddie Edwards. You had Petey Williams. You had the LAX. You had the OGs. I mean, you name it. People were there. Everybody was there. That's us. Awesome. Well, you got to figure it's the Hall of Fame. You got to show respect for the person who's getting inducted. The, Abyss, right? Yeah, Abyss like, The whole there. roster should be there. And it, was, it was just fucking cool, man. It was just fucking cool being around these people. Uh, I finally said hello to, to uh, Abyss. Told him congratulations. Introduced myself. Did he remember us from? No, from of course not. I didn't even bother bringing no. it up. I know. I absolutely not. <laughs> you like? Hey, remember the last time we were together with the green yeah. guy? I thought about it. I thought about it for no. a second. I didn't want to embarrass myself. Yeah. <laughs> but then Moose shows up wearing this beautiful, bright white striped suit with no sleeves, and it's a short shorts. I'm sorry, it was shorts. So a short suit with no sleeve blazer. Looking like he's playing for the NFL still. Really? Turn, okay. around, turn around, introduce myself to him, saying, I love your suit. He, weak-ass handshake. I guess he's not co- comfortable talking to fans. Uh-huh. Because he, really, he wasn't really engaging fans as other people were. Okay. Then, then the show started. Who walks by me but Johnny Impact? <laughs> oh, the new Impact wrestling champion. With his beautiful wife, Taya, on his arm. So I turn around to him. I look at him. He just stops and looks at me like, Looks me up and down for some weird like reason. Know each other, like like we knew each other. Like I know you guys from somewhere. Yeah. So then, he, as he stopped and looked at me, I'm like, I extend my hand, introduce myself again, told him I'm a big fan, and he goes, "Oh, bro, thanks, I appreciate it, thank you so much," and just went on his way. Uh huh. But it was weird how he just stopped in his tracks to look at me. It was weird. But anyway, the, well, the I show- think it, I think if anybody sees a tall, big, jack dude, um, you know what are you six six? Yeah, but I'm like jack. No you're using the word you. jack and, and and, like, you, you blend in with these big guys, you know? So I was a tall I could only there. imagine that he was like, wait a second, are you a worker? Like, you Maybe. you fit the bill. Like, am I supposed to know you? And then you're like, oh, great fan. Oh, it's just a Anyway, the show starts. There's one guy talking to everybody, like, running the whole bar, bouncing from table to table, people to people. Like, this guy's somebody. End of the night. Like, he's talking to the fans, or is he talking to, like, the talent? The talent, the people who are there, the, the special guests, the VIPs. Like, this guy's somebody. At the end of the night, <laughs> they asked the VIP members to get online for your a picture with Abyss. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, man, I don't have a VIP picture. Order another drink. After my drink, I'm like, I'm just going to do what Greenman does and just get online. <laughs> what are they going to do, kick me out? Right. Yeah, what's the worst they could do, right? So what's I get online. So I get online, and the guy who I saw who's talking to everybody stops me, opens my blazer up. I'm like, what's this? What's this about? I'm like, it's a shot of some podcast. He goes, why have I never heard of you guys before? I'm like, oh. I start talking to him. He goes, oh, buddy, you're next. You're next. Go, go, go. So I go. I'll take my picture, blah, blah, blah. Now I'm waiting for my opportunity to strike to talk to him again. But he's talking to everybody. He's talking to everybody. This guy, this guy, this guy. So eventually, like 20 minutes later, I find him by himself at the bar. I introduce myself. Mm-hmm. But before I did that, I'm like, oh, man, I should have brought fucking cards. The business card, yeah. Yeah. I didn't bring them. Dummy. I didn't, I didn't, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, how am I going to tell myself? How am I going to introduce myself? He's going to ask for a card. I don't have a fucking card. I'll stretch my pocket. I found mm-hmm. our original business card we had from three years ago. So, well, the grace of God, I got it in my pocket. I, I introduced myself to Ross. His name is Ross. Ross Foreman. Mm-hmm. Give him my card. 
It's all right. We do we do a quarterly, maybe a monthly media call. We'll definitely send you an email, get you involved. I'm like, that's exactly what we want. Shakes my hand. Thank you so much. I go my way. The next night, I love the line that you gave him. You didn't, you, you haven't, because you told me this story before. But I think the coolest thing that you did that night was the fact that you went up to him, you gave him your business card, shook his hand, and you, and you told him, hey, you say you haven't heard of a shot of wrestling before. How can I change that? I would like to change that. How can, oh, I, how can I change when that? When you said that to me, I was like, dude, that was like the best line. Like, how could I change that? Like, let's 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 make some moves right now. Because, like, what what green men do? Uh, it was such a great line. Like, so, like, how can I change that? He just gave me a stunned look. Like, well, I don't know. Like, you have a fucking card or something? Like, expected me to say no. <laughs> and I like zoinks, pull out my card, and he the look on his face changed when I gave him my card. Yeah, because you're fucking ready. You, I told him this you, is a you, you're taking yourself seriously. We're taking ourselves seriously. You know, everybody, you're listening to this conversation and. You know, we're going on episode, what, approaching episode 140. You know, this is 139. I mean, you know, we've, from the beginning, you know, we were just two guys getting together talking about wrestling and be given so many great opportunities along the way. Like along, I would say maybe episode 30, we were just like really like gung-ho, like, hey, let's make something out of this. You know, we were both very passionate individuals. And if anyone who doesn't believe in a shot of wrestling Give us an opportunity, meet us, listen to our show, and we will make you believers. And that's what we've been about ever since, you know, the early format of the show. So then I went on my way. I left him alone, left, time to go home. Always got to end the night on the high note. Absolutely. Yeah. So the next you don't want to night- get drunk. You don't want to get drunk there and, and make a fool out of yourself. You've, you've already, you're, you're on the high, you know? You know, when you're at, at the poker table, you leave when the chips are high. Of course, the guys at com.com were there, and I got like eight coasters. I got like four beer koozies. They're handing out merch left and right. Nice. So my jack was literally puffed because I had all this shit in my Could pockets. any of our listeners, Michael J. Putty, um, hit you up on social media to get some of these, this excess of inventory of Comda merch that you have available? If you want, I got, I got a lot of coasters left. I got Because the coasters are cool. I like the coasters. They're like little souvenirs that we bought at the bar at Bound for Glory. Mm-hmm. That was my night. Mm-hmm. That was my Saturday night. That was your Saturday night. Let's move on to Bound for Glory. We get there. Of course, we're right next to the VIP section because that's, that's how we roll. And uh, let's talk about Bound for Glory, our experience. We were right next to the VIP section. We met a lot of people. We made friends with Ed Nordholm, the president of Anthem Sports, the president oh, of Impact yeah. Wrestling. There was, there was two guys I recognized from the Hall of Fame ceremony Saturday night. Introduced myself. They were guys from comda.com. We got a discount card. We bought them drinks. But that was a fantastic night for us here. I mean, Ed Nordholm, Scott and Mike from Comda.com, Ross Foreman, our boy over there. It was just fantastic. It was a great night. And I, I met you on on Sunday night again. I was, uh, oh, I, actually, Sunday night I wasn't working. I had, it was my family day. I ended up going apple picking out in Long Island because my son loves Ever since he was a little kid, I'm going to say like he's a little kid. He's still a freaking little kid. He's still a little kid. But last he's like year, seventeen point three months, right? Yeah, but last year he was what maybe like seven, seven or eight months, and 7. we took him out months, apple yeah. picking. And just go figure that the little seven or eight month old is loving apples, so we're like we have to do it again. So it was my big family day on Sunday night, and then I drove back and I went straight to um, the Melrose Ballroom. Saw you online. Luckily, there was a nice spot just blocking a uh, half away because you were already sweating the fact that you were. It was a long line. Uh, Green Man wasn't there, and you know the line was starting to move. And you're like, you need to get here quick. And I got there, 
They made it on time. Uh, we get in there, Michael J. Putting. You forgot this part of the story. Everybody, anybody who's anybody in, in the New York tri-state area of the independent scene was there. If anybody who wanted to push themselves or was pushing their career or trying to make those contacts, they were there at Impact Wrestling. And that's where, like, the biggest things that I respect from all the guys who were there were that, you know, from setting up the ring, cleaning up the ring, setting up chairs, it, no job was too small, no job was too big for any worker in the tri-state area because we saw people were there from CZW, BCW, GCW, like... People were all around from Capital Wrestling. On the line, we run into to Matthew Ryan from from Capital Wrestling, and then I was thinking of doing the Marky thing and being like, "Yo, Matt, yo, you know, we've worked together before. Could you let us in? You know, and let us cut the line or whatever." But you know, I just wanted to be part of the night as a fan. Like, like after working BCW, enjoying my show at Outlaw Pro Wrestling, and then coming to Bound for Glory at Bound for Glory, I was just like, "Yo, I'm just." gonna go i'm gonna freaking enjoy the show like that's all like I, I wasn't even green and you were a little bit upset about that but i wasn't even green yeah but everybody was there it was so freaking cool what uh, did you think about the show from what i remember it was fantastic we were too busy talking to people yeah like we weren't we were, we were, we were mixing it up yeah we weren't getting drunk and fucked up we were talking to people making connections there making was, making moves yeah but we're in the second You're floor right. of Melrose ballroom and right behind us was the uh backstage interview the spot yeah where they do backstage interviews, I guess, it's self-explanatory. Yeah. And there was these three beautiful women by the bar. Mm-hmm. And then you're, you, it's like, oh, go talk to them. They're people. Go talk to them. I'm like, I'm going to talk. Just, they were just beautiful. Yep, and I'm I was just talk. like, yo, Michael yeah. J. Putty needs to talk to these ladies. No, I'm not going to talk to them. You're, you're annoyed that I missed my chance. And lo and behold, not what, 10 minutes later, they escorted Moose to the fucking ring? <laughs> now, when that happened, I haven't asked you this. Now, when you saw that happen, did you feel like, like a dick because now you just you not only did you miss your opportunity of talking to three beautiful ladies but then you're like damn i missed my opportunity of talking to moose's three beautiful ladies no because they were in my opinion they were smoking hot three beautiful women all putties type they were yeah they were be they were way out of your field is that what you're trying to say exactly, yes they, that's all oh. so uh, i'm not gonna talk you're, to out, them. you're out of their field so, oh, thank you. I save. Gotta think about it that way. So when I saw them walk Moose down to the ring, I'm like, oh, I mean, like, but how? What? What would I have said? How that came up? Blah blah blah. But then after the match, they're back at the fucking bar, right? Now, Immediately too, after. Now that. I got a couple of drinks in me, so I go to go talk to them. And apparently, one of them is uh, the left hand woman of Tommy Dreamer of our house at Hardcore. She's so freaking cool, by the way. Yeah, we we got another fucking connection we made. We got we got now we got Mike yeah. and Scott over Comda. We got Ross. And Ed Nordholm from Impact Wrestling. Now we got Monique over at House of Hardcore. Man, Down for Glory was fantastic for your boys out of Shot of Wrestling. Yeah. Monique was so freaking cool. It was such a great conversation to have with her. We were talking about her her family, the way she balances wrestling, like wrestling and her family life. And, and she was saying, you know, she has 10 kids and she remembers taking her babies because she has so much passion and love for the business. She would take her babies so in, in her little, like, kangaroo thingy and, and like take them take them to shows you know you know if if mommy was at a show the kids would come along and i think that's so cool one of our boys swerving from bcw has his little two 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 and a half year old now two, yeah, just running around doing, yeah. and it's so cool it's so cool to see you know the little kids being influenced in professional wrestling like, like that and just loving the the product 
whether you're 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 three years old or thirty years old, like wrestling just transcends all these ages, and everybody is able to still connect in the same way. I'm kind of short on time. You're not kind of rambling on now, but that was Bound for Glory. You got your contact with Ross. You made it. Be- I don't think he liked me. I think he liked you better than me. Yeah, you introduced me to Ross that night. That's true. And then uh, we, you got us free tickets for the tapings for Monday night for Impact. Yeah. So got- before you get to that, uh, Ross uh, did like uh, I ran into Ross going up the stairs, and again he pulled the same thing he pulled with you, and was like, "Yo, what's the shot of wrestling thing all around?" And then I was like, "Oh, told him a little bit about it, um, what we do," and he's like, "Have you ever had any Impact guys on it?" And I was like, starting to think back of all the people that we've interviewed before, and I'm thinking like, you know, former NXT superstars, former WWE. Uh, champions just recently the lucha underground champions had a few other lucha underground stars there um but legends like like uh like our interview with with the brooklyn brawler on episode 100 so that we've gotten a lot of people but i it, there was no name that came to mind that i could be like yeah that was an impact guy that has come on and shot a wrestling and he's like take my information now because he didn't have a business he's like take my information oh wait you didn't tell me that take part my information this now. guy the head of media relations for impact didn't have a business card yet your boy at <laughs> he didn't have his business card yeah. but he was mm-hmm. like oh you should totally have one of our the impact guys on there um let's work something out um obviously i gave him my business card um since i had him with me and then and since he didn't have his card we just switched uh contact information so i have his number and then he was like yo but hit me up because we love to have you guys back so not only were we at bound for glory but then we were invited to the next two night of of tapings which is freaking amazing in itself so moral of the story here now i bring our business cards wherever i go including work absolutely you never know you never know you never know so you're been- right Always has business cards on me because you never know. But uh, yeah, thanks to Ross, Ross forming over Impact Wrestling. I think before we end the night of Bound for Glory, I think one of the coolest things that happened to us that night of that nothing else I felt could top it was the fact that we have never stepped foot in a professional wrestling ring in our lives. You know, we've we've done stuff with BCW, we've done stuff with GCW, Capital Wrestling, and then a few other promotions and. We've never gotten the opportunity, you know, to be invited into a ring, to step foot through those ropes. So we made friends ah. with Ed Nordholm in our VIP session. I almost buy her a drink. I was drinking soda, thankfully, from my bank account. So I got him a drink. Took a couple pictures with this guy. Made friends with the president of Impact Wrestling. Fast forward to the end of the night. Everyone's closing up. People are leaving. We make our way down to ringside. And we see Ed Nordholm with our friends, Mike and Scott from com in the middle of the ring taking pictures. You decided to ask yeah, him, no, it, let's ask him to get in the ring and take a picture. I decided against it. But of course, you being Green Man, you do what Green Man does best. Take it from there. Yeah, it was just like, we were snapping pictures of our own, just like they were doing. And then I was like, yo, this is my opportunity. You know, if I've never stepped into a ring before. And our people are there, the people that we've been with this whole night, like of why not? Let me take a chance. So I walk right up and I'm like, yo, what's up, guys? Do you mind if we take a picture with you? That's all I said. They didn't have to invite us into the ring. They could have easily stepped down and because we, we were taking pictures outside of the ring of, of us with the ring behind us. They could have easily, because they were done with their pictures, gone outside and, and taking pictures. They were like, 
oh no, come on in. And then these other guys, the guys that they were taking pictures with, they're like, oh, those are the podcast guys. I was like, yes, this is freaking awesome. Michael so, Scott, yeah. But then I don't know how, and I, I think I could have maybe thought of many cool ways to step into a ring. Um, but I just like gladly jump up on the apron and then, you know, wipe my feet, of course, out of respect, wipe my feet, get go right in through the middle rope, which was so freaking cool. And, you know, turn around. I'm like, Michael J. Putty is probably going to go over the top rope. That'd be fucking sick right now if he just freaking cane diesels the shit out of that top rope and crosses over. So I turn around, Michael J. Putty, and what happened? I thought about it. I'm not going to lie. I thought, I thought about it. The <laughs> you ring, did not go over the top the ropes rope. Are hi- the, the ropes are higher Dude, than I thought six, it six. Yeah, but Kane's like seven foot fucking tall. <laughs> so I th- actually thought about it, but there was no stairs. There was no way no, to get into the no ring. So I'm like, all right. So I froze. So I'm like, all right, what do people do to get into the ring? They just step onto the apron, pull themselves up, and get into the ring. Yeah. So I decided to do that. Like, all right, I wish there were stairs there. Took my foot, lifted it up, what, five feet into the air, step onto the apron, grabbed onto the top rope, pulled myself up. My fucking oh, pants no. ripped getting to the <laughs> ring. <laughs> Heard the noise, didn't know the extent of the damage, but I didn't. You never told me that. Yeah, I did. I wiped my feet uh, to the ring. I stepped through the middle rope because now I'm not fucking chanting anything. I'll take a picture. The guy took like four pictures. A professional photograph, by the way, and oh our camera, God. our cell phones. But yeah, then decided to leave the way I came in. But then I felt like Brock oh Lesnar just, and Batista just dropped from the apron like a badass. Uh-huh. But yeah, then got home that night, my pants are fucking ripped. That is crazy. That is crazy. And I'm telling you, um, we've never stepped into a ring before, and I am proud to say, hey, that the first ring we ever stepped foot in was an impact wrestling ring at Bound for Glory, one of their biggest pay per views of the year. Second like, biggest one of the year, yeah. How? Who? And we didn't have to step into the over ring. Over us, by the way. Like, there has to be some grace of god like the wrestling gods are all uniting to try to get the shot of wrestling boys over because this it just blows my mind but yeah then we went into uh oh, by the way we, we didn't step into the ring a band for glory we stepped into the ring with the president of impact wrestling you're right you're right that's fucking badass you're right we shared some words we shared some stories which we could probably indulge uh, our listeners on another show so if you're, if you're new to the show or if you're a loyal listener, episode 115, it just boggles my mind because now here we are. We always bashed Impact, never talking about Impact. It was never a thought in our mind. But episode 116, I started to watch Impact. And now here we are, talking, hanging out with the president of Impact Wrestling, sitting in the VIP section for the second biggest pay-per-view, Bound for Glory. So thank Impact Wrestling. Thank you so much for this weekend. It was fantastic. Awesome experience. I bought my first Impact shirt. It was just a, it was a great three days for me here at Shadow Wrestling. How about you, Greenman? The whole weekend was amazing. It really, truly was. Hopefully, we will be in the works to get a lot, a few more Impact stars into our interview schedule for a shot of wrestling. Um, I have been in contact with a few. I actually do have an interview to get to in a few moments, Michael J. Putty. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it was truly amazing. And if you're listening to a shot of wrestling and whether you've been with us, on the ride since episode one or episode 100 or it's the first time you're listening to the show we are two very passionate guys about uh professional wrestling uh we got introduced to the independent scene just about when the show got started 
and were blown away at the athleticism, at the passion, at the hard work that all these men and ladies put behind a wrestling product uh, and are truly amazed and blessed by all the opportunities that we have gotten. And like I said, I never knew, we never knew that we would get to this point at episode 139. And we don't know what the rest of the episodes have in store for us. And hopefully you'll, you'll like what you're listening. Stay tuned to the upcoming episodes and come along for the ride, man. Well, the big controversy at the end of Bound for Glory was how Austin Aries no-sold Starship Pain popped up, cursed off Don Callis, gave him the middle finger, walked away, giving the middle finger to the crowd as he left. Now, I have not heard any concrete reports, whether this is a work or a shoot. I've heard both to the contrary. You don't really follow Impact too much. Now, being a viewer, what was your thought at, at Austin Aries' reaction to the end of that match? Okay, so at the angle that I was watching that last match, the final moments of it, I did not see him immediately jump off of the cover. You know, like once um, Johnny, Nitro, Johnny Impact's music came on. I feel like he's always going to be Johnny Nitro to me, by the way. I'm going to try to make him Johnny S-O-W, but I always, I'm like Johnny Nitro. <clears throat> but uh, the next thing I saw was him, you know, flipping the bird to the top right of me. And this is Josh Matthews, Don Callis to my right. And I'm like, who is he flipping the bird to? Because you were hanging out with uh, Gary Michael Capetta at the time in the VIP section. Yeah, yeah, I was. I was. You're right. I was. Right, I was talking to Gary, um, and then I see him walk off, middle fingers up the ramp. I'm like, what's going on? And then I look to my right. By the time I look to my right, the announced team is gone. Like jo- Josh Matthews and Callis yeah. have literally like left. So it left me to wonder, like, what is going on? Like, part of me was like, was he even flipping? heard or pointing at anybody at that point like were they even there when that happened because the camera didn't shoot up there um and by the time i turned around when he was on the ramp the they were gone so i'm left to believe that it's a work in my opinion um or i would have being in that circle with those people there i feel like there would have been a little bit more of a commotion i think someone would have taken it very personal and very serious if someone who you just paid money to work the match, who was your former Impact champion, just no-sold your new champion at the conclusion of the match. Pity Williams is told in an interview that this is this was his last day on his contract, so he is no longer on the contract with Impact Wrestling. But many people are reporting how Don Callis was talking about Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels Survivor Series right before this happened which many people are believing now might be a work. So we don't know anything. I've scoured my contacts. I've scoured the internet. Reports have not been confirmed. So it's a very controversial ending for the second biggest pay-per-view of the year. See how it plays out. Crazy. It's wild. Well, Michael J. Putty, it is that time. I, I mentioned earlier, I do have an interview to get to. Um, so you get to? I will be going away on assignment back uh, here at Size Studios. But before I leave you, um, this is episode 139, and our relationship with Outlaw Pro Wrestling is getting stronger and stronger. One of the big names and the big stars in Outlaw Pro Wrestling is none other than former NXT superstar, two-time NYWC champion, and an all-around great guy, Bull James. Bull James gave us some time and gave, is giving us some opportunities to continue to, the, I wouldn't even say work, 
with Outlaw Pro Wrestling, but like just giving us the opportunity to be around Outlaw Pro Wrestling is good enough for me. And thank you, Paul, for all the opportunities you're giving us Shadow Wrestling. So here's a little preview. It's a little different, Michael J. Putty, because our YouTube channel has just started. First interview up was Lucha Underground Champion. And now, second interview going to be posted will be the interview with Bull James. So this is just going to be a small little taste, a little preview. If you want to listen to the full interview, head over to our YouTube at A Shot of Wrestling on YouTube and subscribe and listen to the full thing, brother. Now, you know how we go here with Podbean and iTunes. There's, There's kind of a time constraint here. Now that you're in YouTube, do you get more freedom of to get more further in depth with interviews because no, there's no time constraint here. There's no, there's no handcuffs on Green Man. <laughs> Is it a better, um, more oh, relaxed feeling for you? Go more in depth on interviews over at YouTube. Only time will tell, my friend. Only time will tell. I mean, I, I've listened to YouTube to interviews on YouTube before, and I feel like the longer you get, unless it's something really juicy and and invigorating about that interview that keeps you wanting to listen for over an hour, um, great. But I think there, there's a limit for any listener to listen to things. I think just where we are in, in social media and, and everything else in, in the world, we're, we're very quick. We want like quick glimpses at it. Um, and that's also in reflection to what's going on in the show. We want to give you a quick little preview because we're working on a lot more creativeness coming to a shot of wrestling, and we've got to make some room for that. So it's a shot of wrestling on YouTube, but you recently changed your... Instagram handle, so remind people what your new Instagram handle is. If you want to follow me on Instagram, that's greenman.sow. We'll be changing it soon on the rest of my platform. But uh, if you're on Facebook or Twitter, it's WWE Greenman. Um, like I said before in a previous show, I'm going to be dropping the WWE because if there is one moment when I change it back, it will be when I'm working for the company. So once again, make sure you check over to Shadow Wrestling on YouTube to get the full interview. But here's a, just a preview of Green Man's interview with Bull James. Then from there, we'll get right into the news. Green Man, thank you for your time. Good luck with your next interview. I know who it is. I'm looking forward to it. Good luck. It'll be a good one, brother. I'll talk to you soon, man. Thanks. Family Welcome to another exciting edition of A Shot of Wrestling, the interviews. If you have not done so already, follow us on all forms of social media at A Shot of Wrestling on Facebook and Instagram and Shot of Wrestling No A on Twitter. You can also get in contact with us via email at inbox at a shot of wrestling.com and dial it up 619-343-3005. That is our exclusive Shot of Wrestling hotline. We say it time and time again, and tonight, today, every day is no different than the next. Wrestling brings us together, and today, wrestling has brought us former NXT superstar, former two-time NYWC champion, and all-around nice guy, Bull James. How are you, Bull? Green man, what's going on? Chilling, man, chilling. Now... You know, we've been trying to get together for the last couple of days, but life just keeps getting in the way. So thank you for finally coming on. Uh, really appreciate it, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. So let's get started. Has the independent scene changed a lot from where it is now to where it was years before when you were breaking into the business? 
Oh, a million percent. I mean, and for all the good that, you know, the Bucks and Cody are doing with, with things like All In mm-hmm. and being the elite and stuff like that, like, Indies are hot everywhere you go. It's almost like except for New York. And the New York scene that I left behind when I went to WWE compared to the one I came back to, mm-hmm. it was it was on its ass. It was almost dead when I came back. Really? Yeah. How compared so? It was, How was it dead? You just none of, none of the old guard was still there to like kind of keep people in check. You had so many guys and girls that were just entitled and and they hadn't earned you know the right to to carry themselves the way they did. Like they've been, they've been in the business for like two years, worked a couple places, and then thought that that meant that they were like a big star. Right. And you try to bring somebody down off a high horse, and you try to do it nice, they blow you off. Then they blow you off, and you get angry, and then you become the dick. But it's just the way it is. Like I, I, I could half the people that I saw and that I was exposed to when I came back from WWE in the New York area ten years ago wouldn't have lasted more than a week in the business. Really. Completely you know, different business. Crowds, and how's the crowds that? Were down. It was sad, you know. Now slowly, like a lot of the crappy companies, like, and don't get me wrong, if there's a million companies in New York, it's awesome because then everybody's got a place to work. And right. Get better. But man, sometimes it's about quality, not quantity. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about quality a little bit because I, I think the fans always speak to where the quality is, and we're just hot off the last Outlaw show in Brooklyn, and man. That crowd was red hot, man. I never realized how much that crowd makes a difference. Did the the boys and the girls in the back like? Did they feel that energy from that room? Oh, hundred percent. Like I, I didn't believe it. You know, it was it was reminiscent to me of how um, ICW in Scotland is or, or OTT wow. in Ireland. When I when I go over there and wrestle in front of those crowds, like it, it's always that kind of energy. But I haven't seen that in New York in I don't know how long. I totally agree. I think there's been many shows we've been on, and I haven't felt that energy from a crowd in a long time. What do you think contributes to the success of that? I think it was a little bit of everything. I think because, you know, here's the thing. In New York, there, there, there's always been, you know, eight or ten companies running shows, at least. Mm-hmm. And now, like, you know, either they don't run their business the right way or they can't afford the cost of all, you know, the athletic commission and the insurance and all that. So before they even book talent, you know, you're you're talking about, you know, for an independent show being $2,500 in the hole by the time they pay for, you know, a graphic designer and posters and tickets to get made and insurance and a building rent and uh, ambulance, doctor. You know, so before you even touch talent, you're $2,500 in the hole. And, you know, if you want to bring somebody in and you got to fly them in, put them up in a hotel, you know, it's, it's... that that can add up, and if it's an indie show that's only drawing you know a couple hundred people, that's you're not going to sustain a good lifespan. Mm-hmm. And so I think just from a lot of those companies going away, I think the fans. I think it was a mix of everything. I think the fans and the wrestlers realized they were a little spoiled with how much was going on at one point. Right. And I think neither us or them wanted to take that for granted again. I mean, the show was amazing. I think the quality in the ring also speaks volumes to the storytelling in the ring everybody was really on point into getting everybody invested really like reading the crowd as far as what we wanted to see and what more we wanted to see um i saw matt striker walking around backstage and stuff um are you guys close because he wasn't on, on the yeah, card matt, at all matt, matt's another one again so now we go back to uh <laughs> the people that i forgot to mention there you go. Now gonna bust my balls relentlessly um yeah no matt's always helped me out um from the first day i met him till 
until we speak right now. He's always been uh, really great to me. He's always trying to lead me in the right direction. What What was his thoughts about the show? Did he give you any feedback on it? He he was coming up to me. He was coming up to uh, to Shane from MIWC mm-hmm. and and to the owner uh, Chris, coming up to all of us and like he's like, wow, like there's something special here because we were just like floored, you know. No, there there really was. Thinking about like the future of Outlaw, what are like dream matches that you would want to book for Outlaw if you could? Well, um, I don't have the book, but if I did, I would say um, I would love to wrestle Homicide again at some point. Now, I've talked to a few people and they've said like Homicide is one of like those guys from the from the past who are like the gatekeepers of the wrestling and what's going on in, in our scene in this area. What does that mean, yep. though? Well, it means if you mess up in the locker room or if you if you do something stupid, you know, there's consequences. Okay. You know, there's 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 a tradition to our business and, and it's it's it basically just comes down to respect, mm-hmm. you know. This business is built on respect and nothing else. It is all about respect. And it goes back to what I said, where now you have a generation coming up that's entitled and, and doesn't pay their dues. They're not broken in the right way. And they, and they don't, as much as they think they're respected, they don't. They, they walk around with their noses above everybody. And, you know, you do that in front of a guy like Homicide or myself, like, sorry, we're going to be that guy and say something and call you out. But I think it's also a product of, of like, our society, you know, like everybody's oh, so rich in like the social media and, you know, you think you have 10,000 followers and now you're the shit, you know? Um, so any other dream matches? You and Homicide, that's a good one. Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I don't know if Amazing Reds ever worked with Rich Swan, but I would love to see that. Whoa, that is very interesting. I know, yeah. I know, I, know Red, I know Red's a little banged up right now and I know he takes on like a really light schedule. So mm-hmm. I think, yeah, that'd be cool to see before he's like officially done whenever that may be uh what else i don't know i'm just like throwing things whatever's like fresh in my head is like popping up right now yeah um well we have the november card coming up what what's planned for that um i know as of right now from what i've heard it is uh there's three matches i've heard being talked about okay uh one is willow nightingale against puff nice um, the other, Matt Stryker, since you brought him up, and Alex Reynolds against Pepper Parks and Andy Williams. Oh, wow. I'm liking this already, bro. That's a good one. <laughs> and then um, my match is The Closers and Brandon Watts against myself, Orange Cassidy, and Bill Carr. Love Orange Cassidy, by the way. Yeah, he's a man. He's fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh I, I, I saw, saw at, when I saw Bill when I saw Bill in the back dressed like him. I, I lost. <laughs> it might be it might be my new favorite thing ever. Hey, you know Halloween is right around the corner. If you really want to make some money, we need to make get some Orange Cassidy um, <laughs> costumes out there at Party City and shit. <laughs> oh, that's great! It's a thing. It, we could make it happen. I love it. Oh man. Uh, you know what? What I love though, um, you're very close with like the wrestling community, and you posted a while back. Um, you want to get Juice to WrestleMania 35. Fill us in a little bit more about that. Oh yeah, Juice is awesome, man. Um, I was doing a show for Excite Wrestling in Binghamton. Mm-hmm. They they run some great shows. Um, they're really cool guys. And I was wrestling Joe Gacy, love and I did something. I spilled out to the floor. And Juice was right there, and she like came up to me like sort of like middle of my match, like just walks up to me and puts her arms out. So I'm like, yeah, all right. So I hug her, 
Mm-hmm. And then she looks up, she's like, I love you. And I'm like, I love you too. You're awesome. And then I finished my match, came back out, gave her a hug, took a picture with her. And that was it. But then I went out um, to sell pictures and stuff. And she just sat down next to me, like started talking to me. And like, that was it. I just fell in love with her. She's awesome. Uh, so now, you know, talking to her mom and everybody up at Excite, she goes to every one of their shows. She's a diehard wrestling fan. Like her dream is to go to WrestleMania. But obviously, you know, that cost for a single mom living in Binghamton isn't the, the easiest thing to accomplish. So she just makes these, uh, the handmade yarn bracelet. So I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to sell them. I'm going to like just put it out on the internet, get people behind it, and, and let's see what we can do, you know? Mm-hmm. How's, how's your fundraising? How's it coming along? So right now, uh, the cheapest travel package for WrestleMania last year was just, just over $1,200. And we're at $1,300 for her right now. Oh, that's amazing. But we should really try to get her front row. Well, that's that's the goal. Uh, (laughs) I mean... But, you know, as long as she's going at this point, you know, whatever happens between now and when those tickets go on sale, it's just icing on the cake. That's awesome. That's awesome. So where could we get um, one of these handmade bracelets? Because I've seen them. They're really cool. I want to pick up a few. Um, I have some, whatever I have left that she made, I have for sale wherever I'm wrestling. Okay. And they are still online at bulljames.bigcartel.com. Awesome. WrestleMania, it's such a great event. We started going to WrestleMania, I think we're up to like our 13th or 14th WrestleMania in a row that we've, we've gone to. And it's just addicting. It's addicting. It's <laughs> It's a big expense, but uh, we originally started because our boys, you know, we grow up, we have our families, we have our own responsibilities. It became the guy's trip, you know? Every year, it would be somewhere else new we could go to and just, like, explore together and, and feel like, you know, we were we're fraternity guys. So we were, like, we're back in the frats, like the frat days. Right. You know? do you, uh, Before you got into the business, um, what shows did you go to? Or what, what have you ever been to WrestleMania as a fan? I was at WrestleMania 20 as a fan. Oh, I started at 22. That's a good oh, one. Oh, yeah, no, 20, 20, was, 20 was awesome. Yeah. Who were your guys back then? Who did you mark out to? Uh, I loved Eddie Guerrero. Mm. I definitely wanted uh, He Who Shall Not Be Named mm. to win the main event. Okay. I, like, I always I always talk to like, random people, too. Like, when I watch old stuff, like I, I watch Adrian Adonis and, and Dick Murdoch. I'm not watching, you know, Savage Steamboat. Like I, I love obscure wrestling stuff. I feel ya. So, I feel ya. Who are who yeah, are you? My my taste always changed. Like I'm always watching like just different different guys and girls. Like I don't know. It, it's it, it's like every week it changes. Now you're you've few years removed from the WWE. What are your goals now? Are your goals to go back there? Are your goals to continue building a name for yourself in the independent scene? Training. What are your new goals? I have. Like a million different goals right now. Like, um, obviously, I want to go back to WWE and and finish, you know, what I didn't get to do the first time. You know, WrestleMania and stuff like that. Mm. At the same time, that doesn't mean that I'm closing off my doors to any other opportunities. You know, I had a short stint in Ring of Honor. I had to go back there. Um, Impact is doing some really really cool things right now. I would love to see and you in Impact. I think that's a great and place. New Japan kicking ass. So I mean, like, there's places to go. It's just making sure the timing is right and the right opportunity is there. You know, instead of it's not you know it's not when I was a kid and it was okay, whatever. Yeah, it's gotta be it's gotta be right for me and for them. It can't just be right for the other party. 
Now, we have a lot of people who listen to the show who are wrestlers, who are doing the drives, are in the independent scene, who sometimes listen to get inspiration from people who have already made it there. Um, what advice do you have for them? Uh, I mean, just keep working your ass off and don't take no for an answer. Stay humble. Um, ears and eyes open, mouth shut. Uh, I mean, just, just constantly try to get better and, and don't worry about what everybody else is doing. You know, everybody is so concerned with like, oh, this guy's booked here and I'm not. Well, you know, all right, like, well, shit happens. <laughs> like, find somewhere else to work then and drive there. <laughs> like, it's, I, and I tell my kids at the school all the time, like, you can only worry about the stuff you can control. That's like you a know, life lesson, control, though. That's you it. can control how you work. You can control your promos. You can control your entrance and your character and that kind of stuff. You can control how you look. You can control how much money you invest in yourself as far as, like, gear and boots and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, like, everything else is somebody else's decision. It's whoever is paying you that night or giving you the opportunity that night if you're not getting paid to to hone your craft. Like, it, it's what they want. That That's that's your job that night. So if you're worried, like, about their ideas or, like, you know, I heard a story about two guys on an independent show in New York maybe, like, two or three weeks ago. And both of them have been given their finishes and one of them has been around for a while. The other one's been around for like three years and they're both like going up to the promoter and trying to like change the entire show because they weren't happy with what they were doing. Mm -hmm. Just do what's asked of you and be a good employee and you'll get brought back. Right. Neither guy is in that, is in a position where they can afford to lose that once a month booking. Right. You know, they're both trying to cut their teeth. They're both trying to get as much experience as possible. And guess what? Like, the promoters all talk like they, they tell each other, like, who's a headache, who's a pain in the ass to deal with, you know, who's a headache in the locker room, who, who nobody wants to work with. So, like, that gets around, you know, mm-hmm. and, the, and, and the guys and girls talk about it, too. So it's just like you find out real quick, like, I've seen guys with all the potential in the world be out of the business three months later because they just don't know how to handle themselves the right way. And it gets around and then they're gone. And you just got to worry about the stuff you can control. You know, if you can control it then that's what you should focus on and concentrate on. If you can't, then just chalk it up to, okay, well, I don't agree with what they're doing, but, you know, I, I took the booking, so I got to do what they want. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. Like, that's... And, and don't get me wrong. There's ways to offer suggestions without being a dick, you know? Yeah. But just a lot of people come in, like I said, entitled, and they don't know how to do business the right way. So it's just, it comes off as very abrasive. And then that promoter goes, I don't want to deal with this guy again. And then that's the last year of them. Now, you don't do many podcasts. So I appreciate, you know, you taking the time to speak with me. Come on a shot of wrestling. I I avoid as many of them as I can now. (laughs) But you've done a few in the past. So um, while we're talking about podcasts, what what are your feelings about podcasts in the wrestling scene? And like all these groups, like the Boulevard Bullies and people who are doing vlogs and people who are really embracing social media in the professional wrestling uh, environment. I, I love it. I, I love it. And I laugh because like you and the bullies, like you guys are doing social media better than any of the wrestlers that like should be on top of their game right now. Hmm, um, you know, as far as like this area goes. So like that, that right away makes me laugh, but, um, but you guys are driven, you know, and you guys work your asses off and I think it's great, you know, and, and you and I, met in passing a bunch of times mm-hmm. at different shows and stuff. And then we finally got to sit down not long ago and like actually hang out and talk. And, you know, that's why I'm, I'm, I'll gladly come on your show. I had one podcast request that I unfortunately accepted. And I won't say who, because I'm not going to sit here and bury people. But okay. the, uh, the questions literally came down to, 
so uh, you you were a tag team at Mojo Raleigh? And I said, yes, for one night. And they go, oh, cool. How is he? And I said, uh, <laughs> he's, he's cool. And they went, oh, cool. So you were in a tag team with Tyler Breeze? And I said, yeah, again, that was just like for one night. <laughs> oh, cool. I'm like, yep, yep, it's cool. I'm like, oh, so how was he? And, he was cool guy. and they said, oh, cool. So you wrestled Todd Dillinger once? And I said, yes, I did. Awesome. I said, cool. <laughs> I said, how was he? <laughs> like, all right, Jesus. Like, Maybe that's that organic. Point, I like, went searching for whatever I could find to like inebriate myself through the rest of the interview. <laughs> hey, that, man, that, that's their gimmick. Maybe we oh should. My God, maybe awful. we should adopt that. So, Bull, talk to the Green no, Man. No, 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 no. How I'm going to start my own podcast, and I'm going <laughs> to Chris Farley, Chris Farley interviewing Paul McCartney. <laughs> That's going to be my new podcast idea. It's going to revolutionize the wrestling podcast industry. Hey, everybody's got a podcast nowadays, so go yeah. go for it. So I'm, just, I'm gonna I'm gonna do I'm gonna do that kind of interview style podcast. Yes. Love it, love it. <laughs> All right, bro. Well, thank you so much again for uh, taking some time uh, talking to me, coming on the show. Fill us in on some things going on. If people want to stay tuned and and continue to follow your journey. Where where can we follow you on social media? Uh, everywhere across social media at Real Bull James. You can check out MYWC and Outlaw Wrestling um, for some of the stuff that I'm more involved in, as far as instead of just uh, you know showing up to a town and, and doing my job. Um, House of Hardcore, obviously, uh, returns to the arena in December, so that'll be one to watch out for. Nice and. Uh, yeah, you know, any, anything and everything you need from me is on social media. I am very accessible and love to interact with people. So feel free. Hit me up. Appreciate it, man. But we're not done with you yet. We still have last call. Let's just take care of some news and, and some cheers and heels. And we'll be right back with you. Are you down for that? Last call. It's 11 o'clock at night, man. <laughs> last call not to like 4. All right. Well, then let's keep on chatting. So um, <laughs> who was the first girlfriend you have it now? Uh, stick around for a little bit we got last call at the end of the show Michael J. Putty. So once again, if you want to hear the full interview with Bull James, check us out on YouTube at A Shot of Wrestling. An interview you do not want to miss. Let's get into the news. CNN is reporting that Saudi Arabia is preparing to acknowledge the death of the reporter of Jamal Khashoggi after previously denying it. But as of this recording, WWE is still preparing to present the crown jewel from Saudi Arabia. The report which was leaked, is said to be still in the preliminary stages, quote-unquote, and will say that the interrogation was carried out without clearance and transparency and that those involved will be held responsible. WWE has been monitoring the situation, quote-unquote, and will reportedly not cancel the event unless they are forced to do so by the State Department or President Donald Trump tells them to do so personally. However, you notice on Raw and SmackDown, the company halted any references of Saudi Arabia, but they keep pushing the Crown Jewel event. So the event is going through no matter what. 
but the location we're still not sure of. If the WWE goes through with this event in Saudi Arabia, they're facing a huge backlash. Maybe some sponsorship, maybe. But if they cancel this event, they're losing millions of dollars, $45 million on this event alone. If they cancel this event, I assume the other events in the 10-year deal will not go through as followed, which means they'll be losing billions of dollars. So what would you do if you were the WWE? It's a dangerous line to walk, canceling or not canceling this event. If you were in charge, let us know what you would do on our social medias or inbox at shotwrestling.com. One man I don't have to ask is Ronnie Orton, because TMZ caught up with him at the airport and asked his opinion on the events. He said, and I quote, I think we should go. I think the only way we can help change over there is to go and not cancel the trip. That's the goal, is to make things better over there. I think us not going doesn't help. Going helps. Well, that's Ronnie Orton's opinion. That's a big name over WWE. Is that his personal opinion, or is he just towing the company line? We'll find out soon enough. The event is November 3rd, I believe. Only time will tell, right? In other news, SmackDown Live will premiere on Fox on Friday, October 4th, 2019. We are under a year away. Now, as we know, Fox paid a whopping $1 billion with a B for the broadcasting rights for SmackDown Live. And it looks as if they are wanting to get the best they can from the deal, which lasts five years. A new report notes that Fox is pushing the WWE to present SmackDown in a much more serious light, and they want them to drop the comedy bits altogether from the brand. Fox plans to create a quote-unquote sports block, which will run from Thursday through Sunday. The plan is for NFL to air on Thursday and Sunday with SmackDown on Friday. I guess Saturday will be whatever UFC events they have going on. Fox also wants to promote SmackDown during other sporting events, but needs the company on board for a more serious approach to fit into their marketing efforts. So my question is, is this the end of the new day on SmackDown? Fox wants a more serious, realistic sports show. There's no room for the new day here. So I guess new day might, you know, get drafted or backed over to Raw. I guess we'll keep you updated. You know, the news, Shane McMahon was recently on the Opie Radio podcast and spoke about several interesting topics, to say the least. He revealed that his kids text booking ideas to Vince McMahon. He said, and I quote, they talk about it. They love it. They give me suggestions like... This is what we're going to do. I'm going to call Pop because, you know, that's what I call my dad. I'm going to call Pop because that was crap. Or, I love this thing and this is what they should do. You know, then they call Pop or they text him their ideas. So, offensive man is getting booking ideas from preteens, by the way. That explains a lot. When asked about Hulk Hogan's WWE status, he said, anything concerning Hulk Hogan is Vince's opinion. So, talk to Vince. But he believes he'll be back. Now, this blew me away. Didn't hear anything about this, but this is kind of... What? He was asked about a possible incest storyline that Vince McMahon had about him and Stephanie, to which Shane sarcastically replied with, but my sister's hot, so I don't know if I really would have minded that. Creepy, first of all. Weird. However, Bruce Pritchard revealed on an interview that the discussion that led up to this quote-unquote creative idea and I quote, it was during the time when Stephanie was pregnant and Vince was trying to figure out how he could work that into a storyline. I can't imagine Vince McMahon proposing a story which his son and daughter have incestual sex with led to an incest baby. I mean, I can see that happening. I can't imagine if Vince actually going through with it. That would have been awful. That would have been creepy. That would have been stupid. That would have turned a lot of people off. Very happy that did not go through with it. But speaking of Bruce Pritchard, he revealed on 
the most recent episode of Something to Wrestle With, there were serious discussions at one stage about making SmackDown an all-women's brand. But at the last minute, they decided to go against it because they did not have the talent to go through with it. He said, and I quote, We definitely discussed it. We looked at it, but we just didn't have the depth to do it on a consistent basis week after week. In addition to that, if we're going to do that, maybe not do it on the broadcast show because Vince McMahon is looking at more eyeballs on the product. I guess, which leads me to ask, do you think all female brand of WWE would have worked? Bruce did not mention the time period that took place. Was this 20 years ago when they were initially launching SmackDown? Was it when the women's revolution started? We don't know. But do you think an all-female brand of the WWE universe would work? Let me know. Inbox at com or at Magajapati on our social medias. Another news. Current UFC heavyweight and light heavyweight champion Daniel Cormier is also a huge fan of the WWE. And shortly after his heavyweight title defense at UFC 230 on November 3rd at Madison Square Garden, he is going over to the WWE to have a tryout. But it won't be as a wrestler. It will be as a commentator. The 39-year-old plans to retire from the UFC next year around his 40th birthday in March after potential fights with Brock Lesnar or perhaps his longtime rival, John Jones. Currently, his MMA record stands at 21-1-1. Now, during the UFC press conference this week, he talked about how he had to postpone his WWE tryout for the fight. And I quote, if I didn't have this fight, I would have been talking to the WWE because they want me to go in and do an audition as a member of the commentary team. This was my private little thing, but because of the fight, I had to push it back. So there might be some DC and the WWE shit coming up soon. Now, if you're a UFC fan, you know that Daniel Cormier has done some UFC commentating in the past. When asked if he wants to still do that as well, he said, and I quote, but I never want to not be in the UFC. I love calling fights. I just love being part of this UFC, man. It's everything I've ever dreamed of. So will Danny Cormier be a two-sport commentator? Much like Mauro Ronaldo? I've seen a couple fights with Daniel Cormier has commentating. Most of it pre- and post-game shows. I think it's a fantastic job. I don't know how his talents will carry over to the sports entertainment world. Or what show and what role he would fit into. But Daniel Cormier... As an announcer, it's not a bad thing. So we'll keep you updated. And finally, in other news, let's end on a high note. John Cena has become a New York Times bestseller following the release of his new children's book, Elbow Grease. Now Cena joins Big Foley as former WWE New York Times bestseller. A couple weeks ago, he was on the Jimmy Fallon Tonight Show talking about how he presents the never give up positive attitude, but how some people don't think children are old enough to... How do you say embrace that lifestyle? So he wrote a children's book for children under the age of the exact WWE audience so they can get the positive reinsurance of, you know, never give up. Keep trying. And it's worked out well because he's the number one bestseller. Christmas is coming up. I plan on buying this book for a couple of my friends' children. Spoiler alert. So make sure you check out Elbow Grease by John Cena. That's all I got for news. Let's get into an action-packed week of cheers and heels. A shot of wrestling presents here and here. All 
right, folks, we'll get right into it. This week of TV actually wasn't that bad. Beginning to end Monday through Thursday. Great week of TV. Let's get right into it with Raw. You know, I'm going to cheers at old school promo with The Undertaker and Kane down in what I assume to be a boiler room or creepy basement of the arena. We haven't seen a promo like that in a long time. Plus, it's a good way for both men to be on TV without actually being live in the arena. Smart use of their time. You know, Kane's the mayor now. He can't afford to be going off every week. Undertaker, you know, is in The Undertaker. So good way to use both men effectively when they weren't even at the arena that week. Cheers to the new beautiful blonde Nia Jax. Okay, girl, I see you. Hit me up at Michael J. Party. Let's, uh, let's see what happens. Ugh, heel. Biggest heel. I've been talking about it for the last couple of weeks. Michael Cole, when they cut to the announcers, we are two weeks away from Evolution, but in three weeks, WWE presents Crown Jewel. All right. You know, Crown Jewel, we're not even sure where that's even airing right now, but we know Evolution's taking place. Like, can you just let Evolution be? Why can't you say, oh, we're two weeks away from Evolution and talk about Crown Jewel the rest of the two hours and 45 minutes you got on the show? Fuck you, Michael Cole. Big cheers to the Singh brothers being reunited. Happy to see Samir Singh back from his injury, looking jacked up if you follow him on Instagram and Twitters. I think he's having more of a backstage role, too, so good things are coming away for Samir Singh. And cheers for the second week in a row, the Alexa Bliss, Mickey James, Trish Stratus, Lita segment. Set back, relaxed, I was entertained. But all four women did a good job here. Love the impersonations. I think I'm in the minority there, but I love the impersonations. Very spot on. But they were in Philadelphia, and I loved how they made mention and made light of the Allen Iverson practice promo. Well, promo, asshole. The Allen Iverson press conference when he went on a huge rant about practice. I remember the promo, as I keep calling it, but I don't remember the exact reason what led to this. I know he was in a press conference. He was asked a question about practice, and he just kept going off about practice and practice. So they were in Philadelphia. So it's funny how all the women made light of it, made reference to it. If you don't know what I was talking about, let me give you a brief snippet of that press conference to see where the whole practice references came from. When you just talk about practice, we sitting here, I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. I mean, it, listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. Not a game. Not, a, not, not the game that I go out there and, and die for and play every game like it's my last. Not the game. We're talking about practice, man. I mean, how silly is that? Man, we're talking about practice. That was only a 30-second clip. I think that went on for like four minutes. Go to YouTube, check out Allen Iverson practice. If you want to see the whole thing in its entirety. But that was Raw. Raw wasn't too bad this week. Wasn't great, but it wasn't that bad. Now let's go over to SmackDown 1000, the A show. Man, so hyped for this show. So hyped. Started out with a bang. Truth TV with all of the McMahons. Great way, great lighthearted way to start the show. Love the dance breaks. Carmella looking smoking hot in that silver dress. Okay, girl, I see you. I see you. Hit me up at Michael J. Party. Let's see what happens. Now on Facebook. Then from there we go to my next cheers. The Usos being in a tag team match. The Usos doing what they do best. The Usos are the best tag team on the roster. Both Raw and SmackDown. NXT, you name it. They are the best tag team right now outside of Lucha Brothers. Over at Impact and Lucha Underground. Surprised I didn't go with a heel tag team here. But uh, I'll take the Usos showing off anytime I can get them. Great job. Great use of the Usos. Love the Usos. You see them more. Get them back in the title picture. A little surprise at the bar won the tag team titles. Thanks to the help of the big show. Someone online mentioned how it's funny how SmackDown 1000 was the place of Big Show's 1000th heel turn. Funny. Great observation. But then now we have a heel tag team. The Usos are faced. I mean, the Usos can get back in the tag team picture right now. And of course, cheers. The reunited evolution. Nothing about that segment sucked. It was great from beginning to end. I mean, one of my favorite theme songs of all time. 
ready or dress the part, you know, with the button down shirt, the vest, matching pants. You don't see him wearing that at all these days. So nice, nice touch. It's fucking fantastic. The crowd loved Batista, as did I. Great reaction for Batista. Very happy for him. Oh, man. I just can't wait. Can't wait. Oh, man. Give me some more evolution. I was so hyped. I even went on eBay and bought the evolution paid late and made shirt, which I have in my dresser somewhere, but it doesn't fit because it shrinks in the fucking wash. Oh, man. Can't wait. Oh, evolution is fantastic. Highlight of my year. Moment of the year for a year in the awards. I'm going to put evolution showing up at SmackDown 1000 at the top of my list right here, right now. I can go on and on about it. Whew. Man. Awesome. I need to calm down. Oof. How do you follow up Evolution reuniting on SmackDown 1000? It's all downhill from there. Not necessarily, because you have the cutting edge. Edge cutting a fantastic heartfelt promo, equating his career with Becky Lynch's, and she just didn't give a fuck. She came off like a badass. I loved every moment of it. She told Edge to get out of her ring, but watch out. He doesn't break his neck on the way out of the ring. Crowd loved it. I ate it up. Becky Lynch can do no wrong right now. Side cheers. Edge coming out to Tony Schimmel. Introduction. That was a huge thing back in the day. Edge only wanted Tony Schimmel to introduce him. Am I saying his name right? Tony Schimmel, right? Right? Yeah. They're nodding over in the corner, so I'm assuming I'm right. But yes, SmackDown 1000 was a great show. Undertaker's promo was a little weird, very short. The promo was a lot shorter than his entrance. So if he had more to say, the show ran long. So they cut his promo down. But if he had a lot more to say, why not do the thing where the lights go off, the gong hits, and he just shows up in the middle of the ring out of nowhere? That would have made sense. Give him some more time. Give him at least, what, five more minutes to speak? Instead, he came out and just said the same exact thing him and Kane said on Raw. Whatever. But if you're in the arena, people were paying to see The Undertaker, so I guess it worked out for them. This didn't work out too well on TV. Congratulations to SmackDown. Came up for another 1,000 episodes. And maybe, I think, only a short amount of time from the 20th anniversary of SmackDown. So, looking forward to that celebration. Can't wait. Blue Brand, the A show right now in the WWE Universe. And your boy, at Mugger Opinion. Disagree with me? Hit me up. Let me know. Defend Raw, if you can. Go over to Lucha Underground. We are two weeks away from... Ultima Lucha Cuatro. I'm going to chill the gift of the gods again. It's a cool concept, cool gimmick. But again, we just had most of the season people vying for medallions, doing the tournament. And now we're getting it again. This is my first season of Lucha Underground. Has this ever happened before? Two gifts of the gods championships in one season? And then Mr. Cuerto gave out the medallions personally this time around. Instead of having people fighting for it. Who's this, who's this Dante Fox guy? The crowd seemed to love this guy. I don't know who he is. I probably haven't seen him since Ultimate Lucha Tres, but I don't know who that is. Enlighten me who Dante Fox is at Monkey J. Putty. Am I supposed to give a fuck? Am I supposed to like this guy? The crowd loved him. Am I supposed to like him? What's his gimmick? What's his shtick? And another thing. King Cuerno finally learned his name. Took me all season by finally learned his name. King Cuerno was involved in the original Gift of the Gods matches. He lost. Why is he getting another opportunity? Why does Mr. Cuerto giving him another medallion? He lost already. The other six guys... Our newcomers, including Jake Strong, who dominated that showing, by the way. He won the Battle Royal to get to pick who wants to eliminate from next week's show. He didn't eliminate anybody. He wants to dominate all six men. Good job, Jake Strong. Well, I can't quit, no. There's, there's other people on the roster, no? Whatever. In your main event, a cheers. So I'm assuming a match I've seen in the previous 1,000 episodes of SmackDown, but it took it to a whole new level here on Lucha Underground. Johnny Mundo versus Jake Strong. Great match. Great way to end the show. Strong, brutal Fun, entertaining match to watch. Good job to both men. Cannot wait for Ultima Lucha Quattro, man. It's not too late, folks. Only two weeks away, so you have time to still watch it. El Rey Network. Look it up, elraynetwork.com. I'll go to over to Impact. Like I mentioned earlier, we were there for the Impact taping, so I was curious to see how they were going to play it out. Basically, what they did, they just cut the matches. You had the ring announcer guy, introduced the participants, 
And then during commercial breaks, you say Queen's getting your feet, gets getting your feet. And then Don Callis and Josh Matthews would cut promo and segment for about five, ten minutes, I think they did. They ran the gauntlet. They did everything they want to talk about in that one spot. They're going to edit in the other episodes. So stay tuned to their attire because it stays the same for the next four weeks. All the promos, backstage segments were pre-taped. We didn't watch them. They were pre-taped before the crowd was even into the arena. One of the things I've learned talking to the people in the VIP area. So I knew it was going to happen, but I didn't know how it was going to happen and what the promo implications were. So here we are, Impact, the last Impact in prime time. Starting out with Cheer, Scarlett Bordeaux opening her talent search to fans. Now she's on a search to find the next talent, someone she can mold and lead to the championship, lead to bigger and better things. But now us fans get a chance to win over Scarlett Bordeaux. Email your video, scarlett at impactwrestling.com. Already did it before you came to the studio. Wish me luck. I think it's a lock. Nobody compares. Your boy at Michael J. Putty. Bring it. I'm, I'm pretty confident I got this in the bag. Also on Impact, one of the pre-taped segments, you saw LAX celebrating by the bar their victory. Pouring drinks, doing shots. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, OGs came to crash the party. Well, wouldn't you know, I knew exactly where that was. That was a bar in the VIP area. Guess where me and Green Man spent all three nights at that bar, right in front of the ring on the second floor. I knew exactly where that was. They were standing right where we were standing. So I guess it makes sense they pre-taped that shit. Or else, Michael J. Putty and Green Man would be hanging out with the fucking LAX, celebrating, popping drinks. So Allie went to the Undelled Realm. He still had him down for glory. She showed up on Impact this week with darker hair, looking, looking pretty good. Then she snaps... And attacks Alicia Edwards. Almost like a trance-like state. Kira Hogan, the beautiful Kira Hogan. Kira Hogan is uh, definitely someone on Putty's radar right now. Had to snap her out of it. Now I know what happens in the next coming weeks on Impact with Allie. I'm not going to spoil it for you, but I am very curious to see where they go from there. The evolution of the character of Allie, the implications, the side effects of her entering the undead realm. The soulless Allie. Fun stuff ahead in the next couple weeks. Looking forward to what happens next on the next set of tapings in Las Vegas. So keep your eyes out on Allie. That's all I got for TV this week. Like I said, fun week of TV. Nothing too boring, nothing too bland. It's a fun week of TV from beginning to end, so hopefully that carries over. Let's see what happens in the ratings this week. This week's Roger, 2.397 million, which is, de- which is up 1% from last week's 2.374 million. Raw was number 12 in the night review, should be behind Monday Night Football, the kickoff show, the National League Championship Series, the American League Championship Series, uh, Fox News, MSNBC, a whole bunch of cable news. Raw was number 5 in the 18 to 49 demographic, however, for the second week in a row, behind Monday Night Football, the kickoff show, Sports Center, and the Major League Playoff games. This week, SmackDown, SmackDown 1000 drew a 2.545 million, which is up 19% from last week's 2.135 million. SmackDown was number 9 in viewership for the night, for the second week in a row, behind the American League Championship game, the National League Championship game, the NBA, which is the season started this week, so we hear a lot more about the NBA in the next couple of months. The 8 p.m. game, the 10 p.m. game, Fox News, MSNBC, SmackDown was number 5 in 18 to 49 demographic behind both MLB playoff games and two NBA games. So yeah, if you're paying attention, you heard me correctly. Something you don't hear too often. SmackDown beat Raw in the ratings. Well deserved. About time. I hope it keeps up. It was a special attraction episode of SmackDown. Let's see what happens next week. I'm sure everything will go back to normal, but we're going to enjoy it this week. SmackDown beat Raw in the ratings. Impact, however, Impact, the fallout from Bound for Glory drew 189,000 viewers, which is up 3.3% from last week's 183,000. Like I said, this is also the last ratings we'll get for the 8 p.m. primetime slot for Pop TV. So curious to see how things will change in the next coming weeks. This week's Impact, right, 148 in the cable top 150. Last week's show didn't even make the top 150. So I a little bit helps. Do you think that Impact being pre-taped four weeks at a time hurts the ratings? Do you think it's the network it's on? 
Do you think it's a time slot? Why are impact ratings so low? Give me your thoughts, inbox at shadowwrestling.com or Michael J. Putty on Facebook. That's all I got for some cheers and heels. Well, that, folks, pretty much wraps things up here for episode 139. Earlier tonight, you heard a preview of Green Man's interview with Bull James. So make sure you go over to our YouTube channel, A Shot of Wrestling, to hear the full interview. An interview you do not want to miss. So check us out on YouTube, A Shot of Wrestling. A big thank you to Ross Foreman, Ed Nordholm, the president of Impact, for your weekend of hospitality. Thank you for including us in your weekend that was Bound for Glory and Impact tapings. But pretty much in conclusion, this show is from the fans to the fans, so make sure you check us out a shot of wrestling on Facebook and Instagram. And also check your boy out at Mock J Party on Twitter and Instagram. And also now on Facebook at Mock J Party. So get involved in the conversation, like our stuff, comment on our stuff, your comments, questions will be read on the air. Get involved in the conversation because, like I said, the show is from the fans to the fans. But for Green Man, for Bull James, the folks over at Impact Wrestling, I have been your host at Michael J. Putty. Until next week, Putty out. Ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I need to announce it's last, last call, call at, at the, the bar. bar. Oh. All right, everybody, we have made it to the end of the episode, and we're back here with Bull James on Last Call. You ready, Bull? It's rapid-fire questions. The first thing that comes out of your mind is the first thing you should answer. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right. Who is your favorite wrestler of all time? Terry Funk. Other than wrestling, what is your favorite sport? Uh, football and baseball. What is the most annoying bad habit people have? Not saying thank you when you hold the door open for them. Hmm. What is the best feature on a woman? Uh, personality, even though everyone's going to be like, yeah, right. <laughs> like, you're, setting, you're setting me up for so much like hate tweets and, and, and stuff. Not like, at all. Not at all. Oh, yes, you are. You have no idea. What, oh, you're opening so many floodgates right now. Who is your celebrity crush? Uh, that changes, I think, uh, probably on a weekly basis. Okay. Who's, who's this week? Uh, I don't even. Honestly, I couldn't even tell you. I haven't really watched much TV this week. Okay. Uh, do you fart in public? No. Who does that? I don't know. Some people do. Uh, what is your favorite fast food chain? Um, I haven't eaten fast food, and I was really yeah, right um, in quite some time. I'm going to say uh, probably Taco Bell. Ooh, well, Chipotle is a good one too. If you like uh, Mexican, oh, no, that, that, that's not fast food. Yeah, it is. Come on. No, they don't, they don't have a drive-through. It's not fast food. Ooh, good point. What is your favorite TV show? Uh, I got a, I got a bunch right now. Uh, Ray Donovan's like top of the list. Uh, what adult beverage makes you make poor decisions? Um, none. I actually handle my, my I handle my drink pretty well. Good. What is your favorite karaoke song? No karaoke for me, although. Um, the one time that I've done karaoke, King Megan myself absolutely crushed uh, Juicy by Biggie. Ooh. Finally, who's your favorite Boulevard bully? Um, Bald Steve. Awesome. <laughs> All right, you survived last call. Uh, yeah, thanks last, for being. That one, I can't wait for that one because both Steve and Pat are now going to flip out. <laughs> well, Bull, you've survived last call. Thank you so much for being on our show. And we have. A lot of great more shows to check out. Check out Outlaw. Hey, baby, I hear the bell ringing, hip tosses and body slams. Oh, my. And maybe you seem a bit confused. Yeah, baby, but I got you pinned. Ha, 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 But I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. 
They're cashing it in. Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night, everybody.